0: Father of infinite goodness and mercy, come by your spirit, open our minds and our hearts to your presence and to your love known in Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, both our scripture passages are texts to challenge and to make uncomfortable the average listener and certainly this preacher they draw our attention to lives lived millennia ago, to people like Jacob, Rachel, John, Herod, Herodias, and Herodias's daughter, whose lives were marked by complicated motivations, contexts, and relationships. Yet, despite the passing of the years, they are perhaps not so very far removed from us as we might think. I propose to focus primarily on the account in Mark's gospel, which explains the lead up to the silencing of John the Baptist, Jesus's own relative, whose life and ministry foreshadowed the life, ministry, and death of Jesus himself. However, that story we heard of Jacob's encounter with Rachel is also striking. It's one part of a more expansive story of family rivalry, deception, and betrayal. Together, these readings provide ample reminder that faith is not set apart, not set apart from the socio-political or the inter or intra-personal complexities which are all part of being human. Life is often just gritty and mixed up, and these stories point us to a heady mix of faith, sexuality, gender, and politics. In challenging the political and religious powers, John had become a a thorn in the side of Herod. It was said that Herod Antipas feared John or at least the crowds who had flocked to hear him. John had called the crowds to repentance and transformation in preparation of the coming Holy One of God. The Herodians engaged in unconventional marriage arrangements and their family tree was indeed a tangled web Josephus, the Judeo-Roman historian, records that the Herod Antipas of our story had fallen in love with Herodias, persuaded her to leave her then husband, his own half-brother Philip, and to marry him instead. Herod Antipas then arranged to be rid of his own wife. John was an outspoken critic of this behavior. And this sorry tale and the account of what happens next highlights very clearly the devastation which follows when we treat others as objects for our own ends. As the narrator of Mark's gospel fills us in on the events that lead to John's brutal killing, it's worth noting how Herod is the primary actor in this story. In the Greek and in the English translation, he is the subject of almost every main verb. The daughter of Herodias danced and brought. Her mother replied, John said, John's disciples came, took and laid his body in a tomb. But Herod's is the remainder of all the action. He protected, feared, gave, swore, grieved, and more. Fourteen verbs in total in the Greek. The women have just three verbs between them, but this is not how they are remembered. The male gaze is powerful in the treatment of Herodias' daughter at this symposium. Instead of being treated with dignity as the daughter of the household, she instead is brought in to dance, an object for the entertainment of others. In the account, we don't even hear her name. Salome is the name tradition has given her. We don't know either the nature of her dance, but over the centuries in art, in literature, in theater, and in opera, She's been cast as a sexualized object with those overlays of stereotypical oriental intrigue. Mother and daughter have been bequeathed to us as Salome the seductress, Herodias scheming, bitter and vengeful. But these women are not in fact the soul or even the main players, it's Herod, who holds the key cards in this story of sin, of political maneuvering, of incest and of violence. It's he who, no matter the cost to others, dare not lose political or social face, lest his power crumble away. How different was John? He who recognized Jesus as the Lamb of God, who pointed the crowds, even his own disciples, away from himself and to Christ, saying, he must increase, but I must decrease. But not this for Herod. But those who play power games may well find themselves as entrapped as those they seek to control. Later on, as we heard, when Herod learns about Jesus, to whom those crowds flocked, who was said to heal the sick and to free those who were oppressed, it's striking that Herod's first thought is that, surely this is John the Baptist raised from the dead. A strange first thought, don't you think? one that hints at profound insecurity and a guilty conscience. American speaker, writer, and pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber points to the tragedy of Herod. How tragic, she says, if Herod went to the grave with all of his violence and stupidity and sin on his conscience, never once knowing that he, And his illegal wife and her child and John the Baptist are all beloved children of God. This awful, horrific story and that of Jacob and his family points us to the ruin which follows when we're duped by the lie that we gain when we use others for our own ends. The truth is, We all lose when we play that game. But it doesn't need to be this way. As John knew, as Jesus said, and in his own dying, rised to prove, those who try to gain their own life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. And so to us, we have all kinds of interesting choices when in ways large or small, we're invited to use others for our own ends. Those who try to gain their own life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen.